Hey, 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 you're listening to the Strong and Capable Podcast with Bridgette Heller, where we talk about radical motivation, life's ups and downs, and all the victories that come with it. Guess what? I'm excited to announce to you today that you can officially register for the Awake community. This is the strong and capable community that I call Awake because it is for women and men who are living awake, who understand that there is a whole life out there, a whole journey that they don't want to just be on the sidelines sleeping through. They want to be present, fully present and intentional with their choices. This is the place where people who want to be healthier, happier, start the business, have the love, have a positive mindset, work through all the self-talk, this is where they hang out. It's $19.99 a month. You can sign up on the website, www.thestrongandcapable.com backslash awake. And if you sign up this month, like I said, it's $19.99 and you'll get that for life. The prices will go up. But for founders, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't even a question. You're like, yes, we're on this ride. Coolest part for you who listen to the podcast is that the themes of the class will match the podcast. So you'll get the maximum amount of immersion into these subjects where we'll be having special guests, we'll be having guidebooks, we'll have all these amazing things within the community that will truly lift you and help you live awake. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. I am very excited, as always, to have you here today. And with me is Jodi Lee Nichols. She is beautiful. You are going to love her. She's an author, a speaker, a musician. When I saw her Instagram bio, it was neuroscience with Jesus. And I was like, yes, this is my person. (laughs) Where we're at, I love it. I'm talking all about that divine and the real science. So she's here. I'm going to give her the opportunity to introduce herself. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I just love you. And I love your ability to make all these topics very real life. I think it's extremely needed. And I think a lot of women can connect to that. So thank you for all you're doing. Um, Like she said, I'm Jodi Nichols and um, God is science right? God is science. Um, For the last 26 years, I'm aging myself right now. But for about the last 26 (laughs) years, I've really focused on research around divine identity um, and helping others know who they are and that in relation to science and how it all connects, um, tools, things we can use, that sort of thing. And it's, it's been amazing. I'm a big believer that we are called to teach what we need to learn the most. And so I've been the beneficiary of all this. So, you know, hopefully I've helped a few women and girls along the way, but it's definitely changed my perspective and my world. And I'm so grateful. Yeah, me, me too. I agree with that a hundred percent. Whenever I talk about the work, me, I needed yeah. to do it and now I need to share it. And I'm so thankful I get to share it. What a privilege to share this work with others, right? Yeah. And so today we're talking about self-love. It's the month of February. It's the month of love. And, you know, I've been on all sides of the spectrum where I thought, February is the best month of ever. And then also I hate this month. It's stupid because I was an angsty teenager. <laughs> Nobody even care. So I know it has mixed emotions for everybody. Explain that. You can practice self-care and not have self-compassion. And here's, mm-hmm. here's a perfect example of that. I was thinking about this this morning. 
years back when my older kids were younger, I signed up for a, a dance class that my friend was teaching. And it was when Zumba was new and it was all the rage. And she was like quite the big deal and has this amazing personality. And I had to take her class. The problem is her class was in the morning and it interfered with getting my kids to school. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna try this for a week. I'm gonna see if they can get up and get themselves stressed, it's work. It was working, but I started to feel guilt. Oh my goodness, my kids are having cold cereal every day. Like all the mom shame, right? Kind of settled in. Mm -hmm. So I'm practicing self-care. I'm going and doing something I love and I'm feeding my spirit, my soul and my body. But then there's this shame, oh my gosh. So a lot of times self-care actually without self-compassion leaves us empty. And a lot of times mm -hmm. when we practice self-compassion without the self-care, there's not a lot of accountability held here. So it's like, I don't need to do that. It's fine. You know, and we, we misunderstand what compassion is. So you need both. You need self-care and self-compassion. The greatest form of self-care is self-compassion. So I view mm -hmm. self-compassion just, it's a combination of both of those. And it's the ability to um, just as, think of someone that you love dearly and that you have so much respect for. You're going to show up for them, right? If it's in the middle of the night and they mm -hmm. need something, you're going to show up. If you're exhausted, somehow you're going to pull it together. You're going to show up for them because you love them and you have so much respect. It's the same thing. It's learning different tools to be able to apply that same belief to ourselves. And it's harder than we think. Yeah, these things sound so simple when we say them, but then you go to practice them and you're like, I know a lot of times I go to practice right. I probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> and then I just throw it out the window a lot of times, you know, because they sound simple and then you practice them and they don't feel simple. So you must not be doing it right because it was, it sounded so simple. So self-compassion to you, self-compassion is really just what it sounds like having compassion for yourself and giving yourself grace and love. Am I understanding that right? Yes. And what's interesting when I specifically, when I go around and I speak to teenage girls, they have no clue what self-compassion is. And it's almost like this mm -hmm. light bulb goes off, like they'd never even considered it, right? Because we as women and girls, interest, it's interesting, if you go read research, we are conditioned to become people pleasers. We're not born that way. We are conditioned by our culture, our society. That's a whole nother topic. But because of that, right. <laughs> that, that is really at the core of this whole issue, I think. Um, that we are conditioned to be people pleasers. And because of that, the thought of, you know, taking care of ourselves just is absurd. It's, we feel guilty, it's selfish. And we, it's because there's a misconception of what it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why this trend has truly come about of throwing it off and not caring. You and I have talked, we're big fans of throwing off those expectations and those layers that are suffocating us and those cultural things that might be holding us back and, and whatnot. So you have to do it in a healthy way. And so what I, sometimes it reminds me of my kids or even myself where it's suffocating, 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 and then I throw it off and I don't bring in the healthy version of compassion and intention and whatnot. I'm just all out there. I'm going to eat the whole bag of Oreos, the whole thing. Like, I'm just going to go all out because I'm just over it, you know? And I think that's where this is coming from is women for so long haven't taken care of themselves. They haven't had self-compassion. They haven't practiced self-care that when they finally 
are ready to do it, they're like, I'm all here for it. And I don't care yeah. anymore. And so pulling back to find that healthy balance is I think really where the struggle is in my, in my opinion. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree. Um, for me, this sort of all as in my journey, I remember having an experience where, you know, when my daughter was younger, she really had severe tactile issues and she went to a school where she had word tight. Well, if you've ever dealt with a child who has issues like that, I mean, it was every morning was literally like a panic and you just never knew what you were going to get. And I was exhausted. I was ignoring my own needs. And it makes me emotional to think about it. But I remember one day dropping off at school and coming home and going into my closet and crying literally like in the fetal position, like just feeling overloaded, exhausted, but rather than extending self-compassion, what did I do? I do what most women do. Shame. Mm -hmm. I'm a bad mom. What am I doing wrong? The tools that I'm learning and implementing aren't helping her. I'm just a failure. And then all that does, that's the same, the, the shame cycle, right? So then I feel worse mm -hmm. and then I'm more snappy at my kids. And it's just this endless cycle. So I agree with you. Yeah. I, for me, yeah. extending self-compassion is the, I think the first thing that women need to realize it's not a one-time event. It's not, okay, I know what self-compassion is. I'm good now. Right. Mm -hmm. It's cultivating just like with your partner, with your significant other there, you love them. You love them. Their days, they're going to drive you crazy. I mean, that's just the reality mm -hmm. of it. Right. And it's a, it's a progression through our whole life, that love, you hope when you're implementing it correctly, it deepens over time and it strengthens. It's the same thing with ourselves. Self-compassion is the same. It's not a one-time event. It's not a, hey, I'm good. I know. Cultivating that. That reminds me of years ago, I was uh, working with someone and she, she had, it was a group of women, we're in a class, and she had us wear the rubber bands. This is kind of like the famous, you know, you have negative thoughts, you snap the band. And she was teaching us self-compassion and she said, now listen. I just need you to understand that every time you snap the band for a negative thought, that you are not going, oh, it's a negative thought. What is my problem? And spinning more. Just every time you grab that band, I want you to say, oh, girl, you are learning and it's okay. Just, I want you to give yourself this beautiful pep talk. I want you to talk to yourself like you're your partner, lover, whatever. Oh, sweetie, honey, sugar bear. <laughs> She's like, I want you to talk to yourself that way. But it it really impacted my life because I would look in the mirror and I would start to talk to myself that way. Oh, hey, boo. Girl, you got this. You're okay. And you are strong and capable. And look at what you've been through. And, you know, pause, breathe. And I talked to myself so much sweeter because of that, because he really wanted us to understand this is not a negative thing, but stay where you're at and give yourself love and compassion. So what would you recommend? What are some tools that you would recommend for showing self-compassion to yourself or to others? Well, I guess yourself, well, we're talking about ourselves today. Yeah, I, well, it's interesting. It's gonna look different for you than me, right? Which is, I think, really important because I think a lot of times we want to do a blanket effect hey, here, but mm -hmm. I can give suggestions and then take that and conform it to whatever works yep. for you. Um, one thing that I have found seems to be consistently um, powerful with myself and with women and girls that I've worked with is go find a picture of yourself when you were younger, typically around the age nine. And I say that because a girl's self-esteem peaks at age nine. Um, and 
usually before that or around that, it's when we had this full love for ourselves. We didn't know any different, right? We just completely loved mm -hmm. ourselves and there was no shame. There was no having to be a certain way, meet a certain standard, because that's what the world does, right? We get all these layers piled on us. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to look like that. You're supposed to act like that. You know, you're supposed to live in this kind of a house. You're supposed to dress that way, have that kind of a car, marry this kind of a person. So all of these layers mm -hmm. build on us and we just have to slowly strip them away. So one thing that's really powerful is find a, a photo of yourself when you were younger, when you completely loved yourself um, without any conditions and put that on your mirror. And it sounds so cheesy, but I, it really works. And here's why, say it out loud. You have to repeat morning affirmations and you have to speak them out loud. It's not enough to write it down. Again, you're using a different part of your brain and you have to say those daily affirmations. The simple basic, you know, I am enough, I am okay, I am safe, I am loved, I am perfectly imperfect and it's beautiful. That's my big one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's just, that's a basic. I love that. But it's, it's powerful, it's very basic. Mm -hmm. And you know, probably people have heard that one before, but to actually, that's the difference. You gotta, you gotta be consistent with that. Yeah, no, it's interesting you bring that one up because I've actually been practicing that one the last month. I pulled out a seven-year-old picture of myself, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a happy one. She's in front of the Christmas tree and uh, <laughs> sweet. Like you said, so sweet and full of joy and innocence. And the strong and capable so much has been about understanding who you are, where you're going, how to get there, right? That's like the base of it. And really bringing the, the thoughts and the heart and intention all into alignment to move forward. And when I found that picture, you know, part of other part of strong and capable was my sister Aubrey. And those who've been with me for a long time know that my sister is disabled and she was 17 months younger than me and we are very close and I was her person. I knew when she was sick. I knew when she was happy. I knew her. She couldn't talk, but I knew what she was saying. We were so connected. And when she passed away, my world was really shattered and it was months later. So at her bedside, I sat there with her and I said, you are strong and capable. You can do this. It's okay to let go. And I repeated that again and again to her because I knew I had, you know, you have those divine moments. And I knew in that moment that I had promised her I would help her through this moment. And so I sat next to her and we sat together and we went through that moment as much as I could with her together. And I was shattered after she left because I felt like a piece of me was missing this person that I was so dependent on. And months later, I was in a meeting. I was in church. I was supposed to be feeling spiritual and happy. And instead I felt empty and sad. And I was like, what am I even doing? I don't know. I don't know. I had really lost all of, I lost myself, which we, happens to us again and again at times. And as I was sitting there, literally praying like, this is, what am I doing? I don't even know if this is worth it at this point. Really, truly in that dark place, I felt her come to me and say, Bridget, you are strong and capable and you can do this. It's time to get up and go to work. That's when I went to work because when your sister comes to you and tells you that, you do it. Yes, I love it. <laughs> but, but I mean, when I put up that seven-year-old picture of myself, for weeks it was inspiring me and I was doing exactly what you said. Do the affirmations and powerful with the affirmations, not just I am a good mother, but I am a good mother because give your brain evidence, right? But after a few weeks, I noticed that Aubrey was in the back of the picture. And I thought, how beautiful. 
That's right? Amazing. Yeah. Because yeah, you were I'd showing never up for yourself. It. I love that. You mm-hmm. were showing up for yourself just as you were showing up for her. You know, and I often, mm-hmm. when my, my daughter, who's now 16, she was maybe three months and I was speaking to a, a big group of, of young teenage girls. And I remember, and this wasn't part of what I was going to, you know, talk to them about, but I just had this feeling I, they needed to understand. I held this sweet new baby, this sweet baby girl. And I'm like, how much do you think mm-hmm. she's worth? You know, one girl was a million dollars and another girl was like two million dollars. I'm like, she's priceless. You know, I would never take this sweet little baby girl of mine and ever talk to her the way that I talk to myself a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. ever. You know, I would never shame her the way that I shame myself in so many ways. I would, can you imagine telling your sweet little toddler or four-year-old, you need to lose some weight. You're not looking so good or you know, you're so stupid. Seriously, you should know better by now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's always a great reminder. And so I love, I love the idea of you using that with your sister and extending that compassion, that same compassion for her. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think, you know, so often what you put out in the world is what comes back to you directly. And so you put it out, it comes back to you, but how often do we receive it? I think a lot of times it comes back to us and like you said, even the shame kicks in there. Who am I to receive this? Who, why should I get this? Or, oh my gosh, this is awkward. They're going to see as they're showing me compassion and love that my house is messy. Like all this shame kicks in and it's so quick. It happens so fast and we react so often without even realizing the cycles that we we're in again. It's true. And I, yeah. And I always use the analogy of like, it's apps. We have apps running all the time. And a lot of them are our negative thought patterns that we don't even know exist. And they're just going, 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 and they're draining us and exhausting us. And so I think um, that's important to tap into those negative thoughts because that's usually, you know, cognitive bias where we start seeing, oh, it's true. See, I am, I am a bad person. I am a bad mom. Mm-hmm. Look how my daughter's struggling every day before school. You know, it's that confirmation bias and you start seeing it and grabbing hold of it. And it just feeds that shame cycle. What's interesting about the shame cycle in psychology, it's known as the dumb brain and cortisol just floods, it just floods, and you literally can't think straight, like, you literally can't focus, you know, you can't, just, it's awful thoughts, you know, when someone gets called down in class, who maybe has a little bit of social anxiety, and they literally Mm kind of just don't know what to say, and it's awkward, they're being just flooded with that cortisol, it's the same kind of thing, we can't think straight, and so all we do is what we know, and so all those thoughts that are just back there running, they just come forward because mm-hmm. that's what our brain's accustomed to. It's what it knows. So it, like you said, it takes work and it takes time and patience. It's a lifetime of cultivating. This isn't a one-time mm-hmm. thing. So I'm still working on it. And it's like this, right? There are days where I have so much self-compassion. I'm just feeling all good, warm inside. And, like, and there are <laughs> other days where I'm like, I mean, the shame is just awful. And I have to really reset, have to re- reset. I start feeling those shame cycles set in. And for me, it's been trial and error as it will be for everyone. But years back, I started doing a daily meditation that has been unreal for me. And it's basic, very basic. And it's with my five senses. And I usually try to tie it into a daily gratitude walk. But, you know, you can do it around your house. And I will just find, I will, you know, look for something beautiful that I can see smell something, you know, that I love, taste something, I walk, I visually will look for things. And it just kind of takes me out of this dark place, the shame kind of just 
fluffed mm-hmm. away a little bit and I can see a little clearer, right? And for whatever reason, for me, that works and it helps push the darkness away where I can see myself, who I really am, that divine mm-hmm. person inside. It helps me. So for me, that works great. For others, it may not. That's one thing that I do that helps me. So this meditation, you're looking for five senses and things that you love, things that make you happy and bring beauty. Is that what it yes. is? Yeah. And it, what it does is it shifts that part of my brain over to the positive side, right? And all those good, yummy chemicals, positive goodness start to flood mm-hmm. instead of the opposite. And it's, it's really powerful for me. And I can, I mean, I'll do it in the car when the kids are just, you know, fighting or I find myself <laughs> in just this horrific, like shame cycle, these thought patterns that just, cause we all have days where something's triggered something and mm-hmm. we're driving and we're just feeling yucky. We're like, why am I feeling so yucky? You know, but if we can learn to detach from those thoughts and kind of observe them and it's like, okay, this is what's going on. You know, if I can do that, I'll even do it in the car where I'm just at the stoplight and I'm like looking over at a tree and like, that's so beautiful. Or I'm, you know, it doesn't always work in the moment. And there are some days I do it two, three times a day. There's a lot of mornings where the mornings are rough with the kids and, or even myself and my husband and I will look at each other after they're all gone. And it's like, okay, but this is just the beginning of the day. So is this going to be our whole day? these thought patterns and these things and this attitude and this feeling, or are we going to do something intentional to restart because there's still a whole day ahead, a whole day. Yep. And, and those moments with my five senses, you know, you get to a point where it's almost becomes part of you, right? Like it's not some, Mm -hmm. like you don't have to consciously set aside the time or it kicks in. Um, because it's taken over some of those negative thought patterns and it's my new normal now kind of all that God's, God's love notes. It's these divine little gifts that I'm all day long, these little things I'm seeing and smelling and tasting and feeling. And, and I'm like, wow, like God's good. There's some good stuff. And it helps beat that shame cycle. Yes. Very similar to, like you said, gratitude practices, it's noticing the beauty and seeing it and, and feeling thankful for it. And that's yes. what gratitude does is it shifts that cycle too. That's what that's doing is that thought cycle yes. disrupting it, right? Very much. Very, and it works, but you have to believe it. And I think it's important what you said, you know, what you put out, you get. And what we put out is our core belief, not our conscious thoughts. So sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, no, I'm thinking good things. I, you know, but there's so much going on in our subconscious. We have no idea that we're just shooting out. And we're like, mm-hmm. why, why are these things coming at me? Like, I'm, I'm thinking good, po- positive thoughts. That's why I think it's crucial. And I think I saw that you do a class with thoughts, right? So I, yep. I would, yep. that's yes. like my first class. Yes. Yeah, so I would, if, if anyone sees this and they haven't done that, I would suggest to them to go do your class because that is, that is a core based mm-hmm. thing, right? Cause if not, you're, nothing's going to really stick. It's just going to kind of, it's not going to stay because you've got this other stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, you know, everyone picks intentional words and whatnot. And for two years I had the word intention because the first year was intention. I wanted to be really aware. This was a couple of years ago of where my thoughts were and what was my intention and how was that affecting my schedule, my choices, all the things. And so that was a great year. But after a year, I 
so it starts it was intention of the heart because I was like wait now I've got to make sure that well my thoughts are cleaned up and I'm still working on it because like you said it's everyday work but that's the thought patterns start to clean up as far as the natural things kick in also like you said so now my thoughts are clear now I have to make sure my heart's in alignment with that yeah. so it's we're such multifaceted humans we have our spiritual self and our heart center self and our brain and we have to bring all these things into beautiful alignment to really feel that that peace and freedom and joy that we're all seeking. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I have, um, I think it's five different ways that like spiritually, emotionally, physically, socially, we can kind of ex extend self-compassion. But with that, it's, it's a little bit of self-care. So um, mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, so emotional self-care, um, learn to say no. Like that's a big mm -hmm. one, especially for those who have been raised in a religious culture of sorts where turn the other cheek, it's Christ-like to be kind. And, but that's multifaceted. What does that look like? So this last year, my little theme has been healthy boundaries are Christ-like. And that's been such a beautiful thing for me and my little family. And we've had to sit down and determine what does that look like for us, right? So learning to say no to certain things and certain people and certain behaviors is huge. That's a big one. Um, so I that's emotional. That. That's emotional. Um, another emotional self-care, self-compassion would be um, take a moment to allow your feelings to be present without judging them, which is hard. That's harder. You know, I can, I can sit here and speak that. It's taken me years to really cultivate the ability to do that well. Um, so if someone is just starting that process, I would say you can do this. It's so worth it and life-changing. You just got to stick with it. Just be, extend self-compassion and be patient with yourself mm -hmm. because it is a process for sure. And I'm still learning that, right? Like I said, it's a lifetime of cultivating all of this. Um, and the older I get and some of the bigger, deeper, real issues that take place, it takes more work. That's just how it is. Um, allow yourself to feel and express all your feelings safely and in an appropriate environment. So, you know, I tell my daughter this all the time, like if she's having some really hard things she's working through, it maybe wouldn't be appropriate to sit with a group of her friends at school to share these really difficult, maybe hard things that, you know, so find the appropriate place and the appropriate person to share those things with. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a couple of things. So that's I, emotional. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think with that too, because I was thinking along the same lines of having that appropriate place, whether it's a counselor or a dear friend, knowing, you know, there's some people you can share these things with and it's healthy and some it's not healthy. And I, I have one beautiful friend that we don't always hang out. And I think part of why we don't always hang out is because when we do, we're deep talkers. So it's like diving deep into the deepest parts of our emotions and ripping yeah. up. <laughs> but I was with her the other night until um, like two in the morning. And we're talking through some stuff. And what was cool about it is her and I can both do that. Like, like you said, sit back, be objective and be like, these are the feelings I'm having. This is where I'm at, but not in a judgmental way. It's just a, this is where I'm at and I want to move forward. So I have to understand where I'm at to move forward. And it's just such a rare gift to have that. So you have to be really careful when you're doing this work that you find safe places to either journal it out if you don't have someone or sometimes I'm goofy, I'll record my voice and listen back to it because some, there's something about getting it all out and then listening back to it. I'm like, huh, well, that's silly. Why are you thinking that? Or, oh, well, that's actually smart. Let's go for that. Or, you know, it's like having a conversation with myself. But 
I think having that safe place is really important as you're going on this discovery, because like you said, it's, it's work, but it is so worth it. So worth it. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, I think this is the core base to most anything, really. If, if people really start mm-hmm. to understand it, start to practice it, and they start to see that that shift in themselves and an energy shift, there's, there's a tangible physical energy shift that takes place. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing with emotional uh, self-care, self-compassion is being able to separate our behavior from who we are. Because if there are times where, you know, I wasn't practicing self-compassion and I would blow up on my kids and feel horrible, right? So then I would start to, to label myself. I'm a bad mom. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. Or I'm a bad wife. And that's not who we are. We, our identity is separate from us, our relationship as a mother, as a wife, we are separate from that. And, and our identity is divine. And that's my belief that we're divine beings and it's unchangeable. So I think it's important we Mm -hmm. separate the behavior from the identity because that's really where that shift of shame sets in. I, I love that. And I think that it's interesting because we start out talking about self-love and we've talked so much about shame and to have self-love, self-love, really, you have to stop the shame. You have to. Yes. And that, because without it, you can never move past these certain parts of yourself. And that's where self-compassion mm-hmm. is. It's the ability to say, you know what? I didn't show up the way that I know that I can today. But that's okay. That's okay because I'm a good person. I know who I am. I've got these amazing abilities and I've got, I've got these God-given gifts. And I think the understanding of knowing who you really are at the core base of all of it is, is huge um, because then you can really separate the two, but you won't be able to move forward in your life unless you're able to extend self-compassion. Another way to extend self-compassion in a physical sense is, um, so self-compassion, self-care together is to extend, do some exercise without having it related to your body and the way that it looks. So that's changed for me totally. Um, I mean, I remember in Plotty's class, the sweet teacher would always say, it's girls, you can push it a little harder. It's almost bikini season. You know, and I remember thinking, I'm not wearing a bikini, even if I have a six pack, that's just not my gig, <laughs> right? Like, so I, it was like so unmotivating to me. But when I go on these beautiful gratitude walks, I'm getting exercise. So if you can change it to where it's this medication that you're giving yourself, this gift, this beautiful thing without anything attached, without shifting your body size, without any of that, it changes. So um, you go for a daily walk, get a massage, go spend 10 minutes under the sun. And like I said, a daily gratitude walk for me is huge. That's a really big one. So that would be physical mm-hmm. form. And while you're doing that self-care, you're extending self-compassion. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. I can be outside today. I'm so grateful for the sun. I'm so grateful that I can do this. This is helping me be a better wife and mom and person. This is aligning mm-hmm. with who I really am. So that's the self-compassion that comes in while you're doing the self-care. Um, social self-care would be avoid toxic people. I mean, It's certainly hard to extend self-compassion when you're around people who are toxic and not compassionate towards you or those around them, right? Like we become like the five people Mm -hmm. that we spend the most time with it. That is a true, that's true. I mean, we've all probably experienced the truth of that in our lives. So I think avoid toxic people, um, schedule a regular date night with your significant other. That's a really big one with no expectation. 
that's where the mm-hmm. compassion comes in because when you don't have to, Hey, we're going to leave at seven and we're going to go over the night. We're going to have sushi. And, and then let's say you're pulling out and you got a flat tire and you know, that's where you don't set expectations like that. Like go with the intention to connect mm-hmm. and to enjoy the other person and connect with yourself and extend passion, extend compassion through that whole process. Yes. Yeah, you said intention. I was thinking that's exactly it. Whatever you do, go with intention versus expectation. Because intention allows grace. Expectation almost invites the shame when it doesn't work out, yeah. you know? So I like that intention versus expectation when you're doing things. Well, that, what you just said right there encompasses self-compassion. Like literally you could just share that and that's it. That's what it is. Um, it, it really is not having these expectations that the world has put on us that we think we mm-hmm. need to be right. And that we place our identity in and that's where it gets severely unhealthy. Well, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And that's where that shame sets in. But you know, when we, when we live life without these expectations that the world puts on us and we put on ourselves, there's so much beauty and grace in that and growth and love. And it's a whole it's a completely different experience. Yeah. So I've got one last one and it's spiritual self-care, self-compassion, and it's make time for meditation, which I talked about. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's neuroscience, countless research that shows that the benefits of that with self-compassion. And for me, it's a mindful meditation. That's mine is I'm really big on the mindfulness. And, um, I think what it does for me is that I can still see the hard stuff that's going on the kids struggles, you know, whatever's going on in my life, I can still see the hard stuff, but I see the goodness and it's hyper-focused and it's right here. And it, it just makes everything else. I can do it. It's doable, right? Mm -hmm. Without having to be done perfect. That's, that's a really beautiful gift. Um, and another one is when we extend, when we serve others, there's this beauty. And I know that, you know, this, it's the triangle concept. Um, in certain religions, you know, who believe in God, it's the idea that there's God at the mm-hmm. top of the triangle, and then usually it's your spouse or you. But in think of this in the world context, you know, God, others, you. So one thing I really I I want your viewers to leave knowing that whole concept of you can't love yourself until you love others is crap. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, it's, that is a lot of the problem. It's not true. What that means is that you need to be able to take care of your basic needs. So you're eating, you're drinking water, you're getting the best night sleep that you can. Those are like your basic needs. But we actually learn self-compassion as we extend it to others. It's this beautiful triangle. It's this beautiful charity is formed in the middle of that. And it's this, it's really a beautiful thing, you know? So serving others is a really great way to feel that love and compassion for others. And when you're feeling that, when you're serving, like step back and acknowledge those emotions and what thoughts you're having. Mm-hmm. And then try to duplicate that with yourself when you're doing these things. I mean, like I'll get up and <laughs> this is so lame, but like I got a tongue scraper. My daughter did all this research. She's 16, remember? So she knows everything. <laughs> She's like, mom, you, this, you've got to get this tongue scraper. It's so good. And back to, okay, so I get it. So that's like in the morning, I'm like doing my little thing. And I'm like, it's all good. I'm, Cause I, right, it's a form of service. I'm like, I'm yeah. just giving myself a little service here. Just so silly and probably <laughs> such a lame like example. 
but it's basic. It, my point is it's basic. It's not these grand gestures and we have to go do these great big things. Mm-hmm. It's everyday basic moments, you know, just like mm-hmm. if you, if you see your child hurting, you're going to go comfort them and love them. And you know, if they hurt their knee or whatever, you're going to get a bandaid. Do that with yourself. If you get some really hard news, sit down, process it, comfort yourself, you know? Yeah, I really think it's the small, quiet moments that we choose that are the most powerful ones. I think those are the altering ones. I don't think it usually is the grand gestures. I always like to talk about like a sci-fi movie or a fairy tale or whatever, the the hero versus the villain. And when the hero quietly says no, or I will, or whatever, when they step into that, it's almost like all the music dies away. Everything goes quiet and they whisper it, no. And then, right, everything blows up and the good comes in and wins. I feel like that's our life. We try and look for these big grand gestures, but actually our little ones and just sitting still for two seconds or reading the book that fills our heart and mind or taking the walk. It's the little things that impact that make just the ripples of impact in our life. Yeah, it's really, it really is just extending that self-compassion. Like, for example, we were having some audio difficulty before this started. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I moved to a place in my home where I could get, you know, better Wi-Fi. And in the process of me doing that, I should have known better. I should have set this up in a different place. What was I thinking? You know, and I was like, hold up, Jode. You're fine. This is life. This is what mm-hmm. happens. It's okay. Right? just basic it's basic everyday little compassionate thought patterns that we learn to develop over time I would encourage people to go and make a dream board of what Mm self-compassion looks like to them go cut out pictures go whatever you want to do whatever that looks like whatever those phrases are that you want to say to yourself put them on a big dream board. that picture of your little self you know you have your seven-year-old self Mm -hmm. mine's about nine and I'm out dirty in the mud playing, and I just was so full of joy. Get that, put it on your mirror. It's going to change things. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. Okay. So where can people find you? Because you're just such a wealth of knowledge and like really essential tools and light and joy. So where can people mm-hmm. get more Jody? Um, you can go to at women who shine. That's kind of become my main hub right now kind of transferring everything over there. So women who shine and it's for men too. Um, but yeah, that's, <laughs> you can find me there. Okay. So go find her women who shine on Instagram. You will love her and all, all her content. Cause like I said, I do. And this is my, this is my, our community, our strong and capable mm-hmm. community. So go find Jody, And um, she's a musician an author. There's so much that you have to offer that if you go find her, you will just spend hours getting to know her. She's wonderful. Thank you, Jody, so much for coming on. Thanks for having me and letting me learn. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Strong and Capable, hosted by me, Rochette Heller. If you loved it, please share it. Go ahead, subscribe it, like it, comment on it. We're going to do giveaways. We're going to do all the things. But you can also find more information about The Strong and Capable at www.thestrongandcapable.com, on Instagram, The Strong and Capable, and on Facebook. Currently, we're Now What? That was our original name. We'll switch it up. But we also have a community, the Strong and Capable community on Facebook, and that's a lot more interactive. So go find us there. Be involved. It's 
a whole community where we're growing and cheering each other on. See you there.